0: well hey church experience family welcome to ce online we're so glad that you're here with us today we have a great service planned for you we're going to worship we're going to hear a message but before we get into all that two things i want you to be aware of one is we would love to hear from you we'd love to help you connect with god connect with others into our church however we can help please just reach out to us at churchexperience.tv backslash connect You can get connected that way. You can also connect with us on our social media. There's a lot of different ways that you can get involved, but we would love to hear from you. All right, the second thing I wanna share with you is that life groups are a big part of our church community. Now I realize if you're worshiping with us online, maybe from a distance, this might not be as easy for you to connect, although we do have digital groups, Facebook groups for each of our church experience campuses. But if you are present physically at one of our campuses and you'd like to get involved in a life group in person, uh, we would love to help connect you. And life groups have been so powerful. They they take different shapes and sizes at each of our campus, but we all believe that life groups are where we experience life together in Christ. It's where community is formed. And so we want you to hear this story about the impact of being part of a life group. And then we're going to jump into worship. Here we go. Uh, So when I moved to Florida a few years ago, I didn't have anyone, I didn't know anyone here and I didn't have any community until I came to CE and I joined a life group. Um, All of my best friends and all of my close friends are people that I met through CE life groups and they are now the people that I celebrate with and the people that I call when I'm struggling with something. Um, They are my Florida family and it's all because of joining a life group.
1: For the today that wherever we're at, whatever battle we're facing, you're bigger. We know that we can come to you in faith, knowing that we'll see victory wherever we're at. So God, we just ask that you open our hearts and our minds just to hear from you today, we're not staying in the same place, but God, we're being changed. We're continuing to understand the love that you have for us. So God, we thank you and we love you.
0: What's going on church experience family. Welcome to the final week of our God is teaching series. Hey I was 19 years old and I was living in Southern California living my surfing dreams. I was interning at a church living off $100 a week. That was my salary but I was enjoying life so much and just things were good honestly but I, even though I didn't have a lot of money I was I was content. I was happy and And I I fell in love with this girl. I mean, I I fell hard and I asked her out. And man, I, I knocked on her door, standing there waiting for her to open up. She opens the door and man, I was shocked. I was shocked, not just because she was so stunningly beautiful, but because of what she was wearing. She had her hair done up all nice. She has some amazing makeup on, but then she had this really nice formal dress on, ready for a quality date that's when I knew I was in trouble because I looked down and I'm in flip-flops I'm in Hawaiian board shorts and I'm in a surfer t-shirt and, and I realized that I am severely underdressed compared to my date. And I, and I wish that was as bad as it got but she invited me into her home and I, I got to say hi to her parents and her mother knowing that I was living off hundred dollars a week uh, pulled me off to the side probably in concern for her daughter and said hey uh, just so you know, I have this this steakhouse gift card. And I was wondering if maybe you might wanna use that because I don't think I'm gonna use it. And so I, I did accept that gift card because the alternate plan was probably In-N-Out Burger, a fast food joint. And so I took that gift card. And, and ladies, how bad is it when when your date takes a gift card from your mom to take you out on the date? Now that, that bad. that's bad, that's bad. It's a bad start to a date. Then we showed up at that steakhouse and not only was I underdressed compared to my date, but I was underdressed compared to everybody in that restaurant. I'm not kidding. Even the pictures on the wall were giving me bad looks when I walked in the door. It was that bad. Now, I was, I was a surfer. I was 19. I was casual, but I also knew this girl and, and so I felt comfortable with her. So when we sat down, I kicked my flip-flops off and I put my bare feet up on the booth seat next to my date. Now, I would never do that now, but that's absolutely what I did. It's a little embarrassing. It's also embarrassing when they brought out that, that bread loaf, you know, the one that you're supposed to offer to your date, slice it up, put the bread on top, here you go. She declined. She didn't want any of the bread. And so I thought, man, the whole roll is mine. And so I grabbed it, one hand on each side of the bread roll, somehow temporarily lost my mind and became a caveman and just took a big old bite right out of the center of that bread roll. I don't know why, looking back on it, she did not at that point get up and walk out the restaurant, (laughs) but she did it. She was gracious, right? We were 19, and and then the waiter comes to take our order. She orders this, this little inexpensive salad. Well, I know the value of this card, and I'm thinking, I'm not gonna come back to this steakhouse. I'm thinking, I need to take full advantage of this. I'm not gonna waste the gift card. I mean, who wastes a perfectly good gift card? So I ordered three entrees. And yes, it was embarrassing when the waiter brought out all this food in front of me, and she's got her little salad. But I tell you what, I ate like a king that day. <laughs> I ate like a king, and I was asking her as many questions as I could, mostly so I could eat while she talked. But I kept asking her questions, and, and I'd really, I really—I just kind of ran out of questions. My 19-year-old self couldn't think of anything else, so I just kind of kept going back to my go-to. So how you doing? So how you doing? How you doing? You can only answer that question in so many ways. And so I had to just take a break. I'll be right back. I had to go take a walk around the restaurant did a little lap so I could think of a more interesting question to ask when I got back to that table. <laughs> and I got back to the table and praise God, she was still there. She didn't leave. A lot of women would have left at that point. It was, they're out, but she stayed. And I'll tell you what, it didn't start well, but praise God it ended well because that girl, Jen, Jennifer, she became my wife, who's been my wife, my beautiful wife for all these years. We have four young children together. We have been places. We've served the Lord together. We have an amazing family together. And I just praise God because what does not start well does not mean it cannot finish well. And some of you, You just need to know that just like my date saw something in me and didn't give up on me, somebody needs to know today that God sees something inside of you. And and God is a God who sees potential and he sees something inside of you. Even if you don't see it, you may have given up on yourself, but God has not given up on you. He is more interested in your potential than your past. And listen, you may have pushed God away, You may say, I don't even know God today. I'm not walking with God anymore today. Listen, God has not given up on you. And some of us are walking closely with the Lord today. And praise God that when you were at your lowest, he did not abandon you. He saw something special in you. And what may have not started well in your life does not mean that there was not a happy ending in store for you. Because that's who our God is. When Jennifer and I were dating, we... (laughs) We got to this, this point where we had been together for a little while and I, and I just, in transparency, told her, I said, hey, you know what? Man, you, you, the more I get to know you, like the deeper you are. You have these layers. I, I, I love you, but I, I, I'm just learning more about you that I love all the time. And I thought I was being sweet and she said, so you, you, you think I'm deeper now? Does that mean that I was shallow before? Is that what you thought of me? And I said, no, babe, that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say the more I've got to know you, the more I love you. Because the, the more that I know about you, the more that I love about you. There's nothing that will define your life more than what you learn about who God is. And the more clearly you can see who God is, the more clearly that you'll be able to see your way through life, your way through marriage, your way through parenting, your way through a career, your way through all the challenges and adversity of life, the more clearly you see who God is, the more clearly you'll see your way through life and the more clearly you'll understand yourself because nothing will define your life more than knowing more about who God is. And that's why we've been so passionate about this teaching series, God Is. And as we finish it today, what's on my mind is, is those of you trying to see clearly through life, maybe in an area that's, that's very hard to figure out, perhaps one of the last things that we find peace in in our lives, and that's our finances. How to manage the stuff of life. Because some of you, I, I get it, you're, you're, you're up at night losing sleep over, how am I gonna make it work? Am I gonna have enough money for this? Am I gonna be able to figure that out? I, I get it, some of you you're, you're there and, and some of you are not there and you have more, but with more money comes more concerns, right? And, and so you're holding on tight. Now you're more in a posture of protection and, and you're holding on tight and it has a, a tight grip on you is what's really happened and, and you hate to lose money and and, and, and you're, you have a hard time letting loose and giving anything away and you just, it's got this grip on you, you're, you're gripping it tightly. And and listen, I don't know where you are with money today, but what I do know, it's one of the last areas where we allow God to lead our lives. And so it's one of the last areas we find peace in our lives. And if perhaps that's you today or any related area to that topic, listen, as we learn more about who God is today, even in that very challenging area that's right where you live, right this week, you've been thinking about things related to that. Listen, I know it's a daily challenge, money is, but when you see who God is, it will change even that aspect of your life. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're just going to camp out in this passage today and hang out in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Maybe you want to power your Bible on and follow along, open it up. We're going to put all these verses right here on the screen for you today. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want to begin and just read a verse here to start, verse 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you see that right there? That is amazing. That's who God is. He he is generous. That's that's who God is. He's a generous God. And and, and God loves to bless his kids. He does. He loves to care for you. It's just one of the aspects of who God is. It's one of the things I love about God. He takes joy in blessing your life. I kind of picture God like, like when, you, when you watched uh, a, a baby, maybe a, a young, young toddler open a gift the last time. that You saw them open a gift, right? And they, they tear into that thing and they're enamored by the paper. They're playing with the paper. Maybe the box is fun for them. They're opening it and closing it. They grab that bow and, and that shiny bow, they're playing with it. And they're not even concerned yet with what you gave them, the gift in the box, but you're laughing, you're smiling. They're laughing, having a good time. They're just enjoying the, the gift that you've given. And you're enjoying this gift that you have given to them. And I I just picture God that way with us. He gives us gifts and sometimes we don't even know how to handle them. (laughs) We don't even see the real gift inside what he's given us. But he's he's just so thrilled to see us find enjoyment, especially when we're in him. When we enjoy the, the gifts from his hand and that, that relationship that we have, he just loves, I mean, I, I love this. It's, it's, it says that he gives everything for our enjoyment. So God actually wants you to enjoy the beauty of his creation. Listen, he gave you not just food to eat, because see, I was living on ramen noodles when I was living on $100 a week and I remember what those tasted like. <laughs> no shame in that game, I've been there. But listen, I also have been to the Cheesecake Factory and I know what a burrito tastes like at Chipotle. And I, I've been to Blaze Pizza. I mean, I can, tell you, I can tell you some food that tastes really good. And I know you've got your favorites too. And here's all I'm saying. God was kind enough to not just give us food and sustenance, but he, he made it taste good. He gave you taste buds. That's, that's our God, he's generous. He loves to bless his kids. He loves to see them enjoying the work of his hands. Listen to this verse, Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. Look at this, how abundant, do you see that word? How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. How abundant, God, your blessing is abundant. It's not scarce. It's abundant, God, your blessing is. See, God is a generous God. It's extravagant, the gifts from his hand man, when I first got married, maybe you had an experience like this. Jennifer and I, we had a a Christmas together. We had gift gift giving, exchange thing. was awesome. And man, that was cool. But then my parents want us to come over. And so once you figure out whose parents' house you're going to go over, we figured out. And and, and we go to one of the parents' house and my parents are like, hey, here's gifts. And we did the gift exchange. And man, that was cool. It was like two Christmases. And then the other parents like, hey, come over to our house too. And we go over to their house and, hey, we have some gifts for you guys. Congratulations, you're married now. And it's like, man, I went from one Christmas day to like three Christmas days. Man, that was amazing, right? I mean, just see, when, when you come into a relationship with God, you, you, start to see, you start to see the extravagant generosity of God. You start to see it everywhere. And listen, some of these things were already part of your life, but you just didn't see it as a gift from someone who loves you. It just was a part of your life. But then you realize, wow, man, I, I have life. It was given to me. It was a gift. I didn't just show up here. It was a gift from somebody who loved me. Genesis chapter two, he breathed the breath of life and, and gave me life. And all these people that surround me, even though they're imperfect, man, what a gift that I don't have to do life alone. And the setting of my life, how majestic that God has surrounded us with beaches and sunrises and sunsets and beautiful animals and mountains, right? All the amazing works of God's creation are a gift from the hand of a generous God. And not only that, but God gave us companionship and friendship with him. He gave us grace. In peace and hope and purpose, he gave us work to do. And when we can't figure out the wisdom of how to do life in a way that pleases him, it says in James, it says to ask and he will give what? Generously. He'll give you wisdom generously. Most of all, he gave us grace through Jesus, forgiveness of our sins. Come on, man, this is exciting stuff. God has blessed you so abundantly. Listen, write, write this statement down. God is extravagantly generous. Write that down. He's extravagantly generous. think Think of the beauty of his creation. Think of the goodness of his friendship. Think of the grace of salvation that Jesus has saved us from our sins. Can we just take a moment and praise God right now, clap our hands? Come on, let's just praise God for who he is, for his kindness to us. Man, he's so good. He's so good. He's extravagantly generous. Man, the other day, I was feeling that anxiety of life that can just come, and I just, I just had a lot on my mind. And I just called a timeout on the field, and I had this paper in front of me. I flipped it over, and I pulled out a pen, and I, I just, you know, they say count your blessings. Man, that works. I, I just decided to do that, and I just started writing down the blessings in my life. Like, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. God, thank you for who you are in my life. And, and I just started writing, and my list got so long. Man, I'm telling you, like, that weight just lifted off my shoulders. I I felt so much pressure and weight and so many things that were happening in my life and and, and God, well, how's this gonna work out and what am I gonna do about that and all these different things and all of a sudden as I start praising God, man, the weight just lifted. I'm telling you, just, just count your blessings. Have you been living with gratefulness to the generosity of who God is? Have you been living with contentment in who God is, or as as the desires of the world started to get a grip on you. Listen, God is a generous God, and he's given you more than you have identified, realized, more than you can imagine, not only now, but the great gifts he has to come for you. We always say the best is yet to come, and we believe that, that God's best truly is yet to come for those who are in Christ. So God is a an extravagantly generous God. But I wanna go back to 1 Timothy 6 again and point something else out that that I I hope is really a a blessing to you. It's hidden in that verse we read earlier. It says to command those who are rich to, to not be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But look at this. But to put their hope in God put their hope not in the gifts, but in the giver. There's great temptation to put your hope in the gift itself, to put your trust in the gift itself, to give your attention and your focus and your passion to the gifts that are from the hand of the giver. And it's a trap, it's a temptation. There was a successful businessman who loved his family so much, but because he was so successful in what he did, he was needed uh, throughout different parts of his business, and he traveled around often, and he had to be gone, sometimes for weeks at a time from his family. And to kind of ease the pain from his son, who he loved so much, that, that missed his dad on these long business trips, he would always buy something special. He would look hard and long to find a special gift to bring home, to his son. And so after many of these trips, his son had quite a collection of gifts in his room. He had the chessboard from England. He had the wooden dice from India. He had the beaded sculpture from Africa. He had all these beautiful treasures in his room. And and one night, missing his dad who was gone on this long business trip. He'd been gone for quite some time. He laid out all these treasures in his room on the floor that his dad had given to him. And he's sitting there on the floor with all these beautiful gifts in front of him and these statues and structures and all these beautiful things. And he was playing with them and finding joy in those gifts. And right about that time, the door swung open to his room and he looked up. And unexpected to him, his dad was standing there at the door. His dad, who he had not seen for weeks. And his dad had this huge smile on his face. His son was kind of in shock that his dad was there and he looked down at his gifts that he'd been enjoying. And almost instinctively, he, he almost went back to playing because he was so enthralled with all these things. And, and in that moment, it just hit him. Dad's home. And he got up so fast and he ran to his dad in the process, breaking multiple gifts that he stepped on, running to his dad and his dad scooped him up and gave him a huge hug and they embraced. It's not so unlike our story that our father in heaven has entrusted us with so many amazing gifts and granted, not always monetary or material in hand, but so many gifts in this life, in the time that he's given us, and we can get so enthralled in them that we can almost miss, we can almost miss the embrace of God. But once you start to see who God is, the giver, that's so much greater than the gifts that he's given, man, you just run to him, you can't help but run to him and find your contentment and your peace, not in the gifts of this world, but in the generous, embrace of God who loves you and has everything that you need no good thing do you lack when you are in God and God richly provides and blesses his kids he loves to do it first Timothy chapter 6 I want to go back to verse 17 again there's one more piece of this verse that I don't want you to miss that's just powerful at the end of verse 17 it says that wealth is so uncertain Put your hope in God because this, this, this wealth is so uncertain. Do you see that? It, it's uncertain. It's uncertain, yet we, we, we trust in it. And it's a trap to put your hope in the riches of this world. It's, it's, it's a trap from the devil. And the word that we use to describe this, this, this thirst for more, that more is better, that more will satisfy me, that more will meet all my needs. The word that we use is greed and greed is a trap, it will literally imprison you. The legendary magician, Houdini, was traveling from town to town and he had a pattern whenever he went into a town to create buzz for his show later on that night is he would walk through the town in the middle of the day, gather interest and walk right into the local jail cell and he would ask to be locked up in that cell and they would lock him up and every time within a matter of minutes he would set himself free from that jail cell. Well one Jailer knew that Houdini was coming and he had heard about his trick and how he would release himself and so he decided to pull a fast one on Houdini. Houdini asked to be locked up, the crowd is gathered, he's trying to build excitement for his show that night, and he's going to impress everybody by escaping within a matter of minutes, like he's done at all these other jails. But this time, when he's locked in the jail cell, the jailer, instead of locking the key, he turns it back the other way, leaving the jail cell unlocked and withdraws the key. Houdini, thinking it's locked, like all the other times, proceeds to unlock this prison cell, which is amazing in itself. But thinking he unlocks it, he actually locks himself in and he can't get out. He tries over and over again and he can't get out. And the jailer finally gives up the secret and he says, you were actually never stuck in your cell. It was actually open the whole time and you locked yourself in this prison. How many of us thinking that we are doing ourselves a service by pursuing more and chasing more? And if I could only get more, then I'll be free. If I just had a little more, if I could just get more, then I'd be happy. And that, that thirst for more, that greed has actually imprisoned us. It's imprisoned us. And this generous God that we serve wants you to live free. But so many of us have been locked in a prison cell of our own making. And, and here's the lesson I'd, I'd love for you to write down. Greed enslaves me, but generosity sets me free. Greed enslaves me, but generosity sets me free. Man, I mean, I experienced that when I was in my 20s. I heard about the stock market for the first time and I didn't really know much about it and someone explained it to me and, I'm, and I said, so you tell me, I just take the money from my my checking account and I can put it into the stock market and over time I'll have more money. That's a no brainer. And so I put some money in, but when I put my money in this, this stock that I had invested in, I realized that there was other ones that were going up faster. And so I thought, well, I'll just move my money over there. I'll sell this one and buy that one. And so I did. But then an interesting thing happened when I, when I sold the one and bought the other. Once you know it, the one that I used to have, it went up and the one I got went down. <laughs> and so I decided to trade back and forth and back and forth. And I, I didn't even really know the name of it at the time when I began, but I became a day trader. <laughs> and, and there in my 20s, knowing almost nothing about the markets, I became a day trader and I traded many times back and forth. And, and you know what's crazy? I actually made money. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but the whole stock market was going up. You know, it goes up and down and it was in a period where it was going up. And so I actually made a little bit of money and I I put that little bit of money with our income and the money we had saved up and, and we were actually able to get a house. It wasn't a lot of money. I made maybe a few thousand dollars, but I made a little bit of money. And so because of that experience, I ended up, Getting out, of, We got in the house, we got busy, we had jobs and, and, and all that. We're establishing our family. And so I, that kind of just faded out that season of my life. But I had left that season of life thinking, man, that works. <laughs> I made, made some money. Later on in my life, years later, we were in a tight spot. At this point, we had, we had some kids and we're, we're, you have a car that needed to be replaced. We had some other things going on in our life. And I remember back to that day, and I knew a little bit more about investing at that point in my life. But, but I thought, well, hey, that worked last time but I don't, I don't have all the money that, that I'd like to have to make this investment, so I'll just borrow some. And so I, I borrowed money, put it in the market, and, and, I, and I did the same thing that I did last time, but once you know it, it didn't work like last time. And I lost big. I lost big, and looking back on it, it was a huge life lesson. Not just to not borrow money to invest, that's a good life lesson. Not to day trade, that's a good life lesson. But I learned some lessons because in that time when I was trying to solve my immediate problem by taking a shortcut, a verse of scripture that I'd known came to my heart. It's in Proverbs. It says, the greedy bring ruin on their families. And I did, and I paid for it for a long time as I eventually paid off that debt. But I, I remember the feeling of discouragement when I had chased more and was left with less. Have you ever experienced that? Did you ever get to a point where you thought more would actually free you and it actually gripped you and it actually imprisoned you? See, greed will enslave you. So what's the antidote? The cure is generosity, which will actually free you. Generosity will free you. First Timothy chapter 6, I wanna go on in this passage and look down at verse 18. Look at this verse with me. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, And to be generous, come on, help me preach, say generous. Yeah, to be generous and willing to share. We're commanded to be rich in generosity. Did you know that being rich is not just about what you attain and accumulate, but it's also about what you release and what you give away. We can be generous because God is generous towards us. And there's so many different ways to be generous. We can be generous through the sacrifice of our time. And if you're busy, it is a sacrifice to take some of your time to help someone else. That's generosity. You can be generous by giving of the skills that God has given you, the abilities that he's given you, the passions, your intellect, your career, using what God's given you to help advance good causes in this world to make the world a better place, to help others, to advance God's church in this world. You can be generous with your abilities. You can also be generous with your financial resources, meeting practical needs, giving of your tithes and offerings to move God's mission forward through his church. Being generous takes on many different angles and different shapes and sizes in our life at different seasons. But we are commanded to be generous. And generosity is a form of our obedience to God, but it's also our great joy that we get to partner with God in being generous to others. Let me go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 again, this time looking at verse 19. It says, in this way, this this generous lifestyle that we've just talked about, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. They will lay up treasure in heaven. Did you see that? They will take on this firm foundation when, when you're generous toward God and toward the things that matter to God, you're doing something that lasts, something that is eternal. Not far from where I live on the Gulf Coast of Florida, about two and a half hours south, just south of Naples. Back in the 1980s, a gentleman named Bob Lee built this beautiful dome-shaped homes, had six different domes on it, beautiful home, idyllic, right on the water, an amazing place, beautiful in every way, and this beautiful home that Bob Lee created on the water could withstand strong hurricane winds, which came throughout the decades, because there was no square edges to this home, it was a dome, but unfortunately, no one lives in this home any longer, because the one enemy that this home could not defeat was the slow erosion of the beach on this island that he built on. That sand eroded over time because the waters changed, the tide changed and it took that sand away and left that home. If you go visit it today, that dome-shaped home, they call them the Florida domes, about 200 feet offshore. Now it is a home, it's just only a home to the marine life that swims around its foundation and the birds that dwell inside this dome-shaped home. One day it will be on the bottom of the ocean floor. No matter how great the treasures are that you hold on to in this life, make no mistake about it. One day they will be in ruins on the bottom of the ocean floor in a garbage heap one day in ruins. They will not last because the material possessions of this life are temporary. So what are you holding on to? where do you place your treasure? I'm just here to remind you that there's a greater treasure to live for, a treasure in heaven. And I wanna speak to you just for a moment about one aspect of our generosity that absolutely makes a difference. It makes a difference at your campus, at the lives that you see worshiping with you. It makes a difference for the children that are being taught about Jesus and kid experience and the students and student experience. It makes a difference in the lives of people all around us and the lives of, of those many who were just touched by the over 1500 pounds of food that we collectively collected all across church experience just recently. It makes a difference in the lives of those who are connecting in life groups and serving. It makes a difference in those who are finding purpose as they serve with our church. Listen, when you give to God through his church, and specifically here through church experience, when you give of your financial resources to God to build his church, it actually changes lives. Some of you are ready to start giving generously, to start tithing. You can do that on our churchexperience.tv website. You can go to our website and click on your campus page and scroll down to where it says give. And then you can select your campus and set up a recurring gift. This is what our family does. It keeps us consistent. It's easy to get out of a good habit. And so we set up recurring giving. And so every time a paycheck comes into your home, you can automate it to have a tithe come out and give to God through your church. See, these gifts collectively are making a massive impact to build God's kingdom, plant churches and see lives transformed in Jesus' name. As we wrap up this message, I gotta tell you, I I got a lot better at dating my wife from when I first started at 19 years old. When I was 21, I was ready to marry this girl. And so I planned the ultimate proposal date for me. I, I, I got her on a horse-drawn carriage ride, downtown San Diego, where she grew up. And we drove all around Seaport Village. You could see the bay. It was beautiful. We found a restaurant on top of one of the hotels downtown. And we went to that restaurant and we ate a meal, looking out over the city and out over the bay and the Pacific Ocean. It was epic. And then we drove over the bridge to Coronado Island, and right there on the white sand beach in front of Hotel Del Coronado, my, my vision was to, while we're eating ice cream at sunset, propose to her on my knee, but but not just in an ordinary way. I wanted to get creative, so I put that ring in a little plastic bag. And, I, and my plan was to put that plastic bag and that diamond ring inside her ice cream so she's eating her ice cream and then she discovers it and I get down on my knee. That was my plan. But unfortunately, when we got to the ice cream place, 35 other people had the same idea to get ice cream before sunset. So there's no way we're getting through that line in time. And that was my plan. So we're waiting in line and I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do because I have this ring in this little plastic bag and that's my plan. And my wife is like, well, my girlfriend at the time, she's saying, hey, we, we just need to go watch sunset. She has no idea I'm about to propose to her through an ice cream cone. And she doesn't know how important it is for me to get ice cream. And so I'm like, no, babe, let's get ice cream. And she's starting to like, why is this guy being so stubborn? Right? Like, Let's just go watch the sunset and then we can get ice cream afterward, right? It makes sense. I'm like, no babe, we really need to get some ice cream. She's like, I don't know what the deal is, but hey, there's a Wendy's across the street. Why don't we get Frosties? So we go across the street and while she goes off to the bathroom, I, I put this little ring inside her Frosty in this little plastic bag. We head out to the beach. It's everything I'd imagined it would be. Beautiful sunset, beautiful scenario, beautiful girl. And, and I'm there ready to propose as soon as she finds the ice cream. Well, we're engaged in this conversation, and she's eating the Frosty really slowly. And every time we talk about any topic, she just smiles at me with this big smile. And I'm thinking, why are you smiling so much? Like, just get to the bottom of the ice cream so I can propose. And she just keeps smiling and smiling. And then I realize... She found the ring a long time ago. She's toying with me. And I peek inside her cup and sure enough, she had found the ring and she was just playing with me. I should've took that as a warning for what would be the rest of our marriage, just messing with me. And so I get down on my knee and I propose. And I gave her that diamond ring because I love her. And when you love someone, it's the most natural thing in the world to want to give to them. And God loved you so much. That He gave His only Son Jesus to be a sacrifice on the cross for your sins, to pay the penalty for all your rebellion against Him. So that when you receive Him into your life through faith and you ask for forgiveness, He gives you through the generous sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, He gives you eternal life. He gives you a friendship with the loving Father. He gives you an inheritance and in the eternal kingdom of God. Listen, God is a generous God, and so when I give back to Him, here's what it's all about, write this down. Generosity is a part of my worship. Generosity is a part of my worship. That's why I worship. It's it's generous giving back to God of what He's given to me, of my time, of my life, of my heart, of my passion, and even my financial resources. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, "'He who did not spare his own Son, "'but gave him up for us all, "'how will he not also, along with him, "'graciously give us all things.'" God has given you the greatest gift of all time, his son Jesus, and he's a generous God. Let's go and be generous, church, generous to God, generous to others. Let's be generous because we are following a God who is generous. That's who God is. He's a generous God. Right on, right on. Let's pray. Hey God, thank you so much for your generosity to us. Thank you for your kindness to us, your love that you express through your son, Jesus. And I pray, God, through the giving of our time and our passions, our abilities, our our careers, our lives, our finances, through the, the radical generosity of your church, God, may you get much praise and may many people come to experience a full life in you, Jesus, through the investment of our energies and our passions and our best efforts and our generosity. May more people come to faith in you. Jesus, thank you for loving us so much that you gave. May we do likewise. because who you are, that's who we want to be like. We want to be generous because you're generous. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hey, you guys, thanks so much for worshiping with us at Church Experience Online today. I I hope that message just spoke right into where you live and that you'll go and be generous this week, like God is generous. Now, I'm already looking forward to next week and so are our other pastors as we begin a brand new teaching series called Storyteller. We'll be talking about the parables of Jesus. And I hope you'll be with us and bring someone with you online or in person. It's going to be a great weekend, so don't miss it. Hey, also, during the week, if you want to stay updated on what's going on throughout your Church Experience family, check us out on social media. There's a lot of information, pictures. You can can stay on top of what's happening. And also, if you're listening on YouTube today, just scroll down to that item description. There's quite a few links there where you can get more information about CE, and you can learn how you can get involved and get connected. Hey, with that being said, make sure you reach out to us. If you have any questions at all, churchexperience.tv backslash connect. And in the meantime, until we see you next week, have a great week and go and live generously. Later on.